Hello, welcome to the Client Blue Podcast post-match reaction. I'm Dan Rowlandson, joined by Frankie Maguire from the All Villa No Filler podcast to talk about a draw in the end against Bournemouth. I was expecting this to go another way until Ola Watkins put a brilliant header into the back of the net in the, in the 90th minute. Uh, Frankie, how are you, mate? Wow, uh, stressed out. I think I've lost years of my life and I think I feel like that happens every single time I watch Villa play away from home nowadays. It's just second game in a row away in the Premier League where it's just been an absolutely wild affair. Um, yeah. Mad, mad, mad game. Yeah, very chaotic, I think. Even the first half had a bit of everything, didn't it? Disallowed goals, should have been sending off with uh, uh, Samada having, should have had a, a second yellow, I think. Uh, mm. Plenty of goals, all, all pretty Good quality goals as well, even from from Bournemouth side. I thought Solanke's was um was a was a nice finish, got turn and finish, and Bailey's very good. And Watkins, which we'll get onto later, is a brilliant header. It really, really is. Um, let's do this chronologically though, and go with team news first of all. Like we always used to. Ollie Watkins started in the end. There was a bit of a debate whether he would be available or not. Uh, no DRB, Conte at right back are the three that I've picked out. Obviously, no Kamara, but that was due to suspension. What do you make of the Conte? right back experiment let's say because I get why we do it I get why Unai Emery wants to do that Ezra Contra is a better centre half than he is a right back he's a better centre half than Diego Carlos is a centre half I feel like we're wasting him playing at right back I don't love it I don't love him at right back he can do it he's, he's a solid player you know stand up to a player one on one but I think I don't know I, 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 I just don't love it um, I think he's just a better centre back than uh, and I think he's you know, uh, on the right-hand side of our uh, back four, he's, he's the best one to go there. And um, I guess, mm. I mean, whether he, whether Emery, you know, with the sheer volume of games, he's trying to sort of, you know, get um, balance out the, the minutes that people are playing, you know, constant coming off today, 30 to go. Cash not always playing all the time. Carlos getting minutes. Um, maybe there's some thinking behind that. But um, I do think that on the uh, right back, um I think that's a posi- an area where I think Monchi might be looking um, mm-hmm. going ahead, just because I think you know I like Cash, I like you know Concert can play out there, but it's just an area where you feel like there's not huge depth um, compared to say the left hand side when you've got Moreno and Dean. Mm. There's two like out and out left backs who who can get forward, and on the right, I think there's occasions where you know sometimes we play against a low block and um, Cash isn't always brilliant at breaking past to beating a man one on one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, two weeks in a row where I've not loved seeing concert right back. I do wonder whether it's again, it's just maybe to balance up some of the minutes at times. And I think, it, you know, on occasion in the first half as well, it felt like there were occasions where the ball come out to the Bournemouth, uh, left where Semenya was. And obviously that was concert side and we'd you'd always be dragged in quite narrow. And it felt like there were occasions where Bournemouth had acres and acres of space out there. So I don't know. It's, it's not. It's not an experiment I love, but I can kind of see why Emery's doing it. Yeah, it feels a little bit out of necessity, doesn't it, at the moment, that he doesn't, I don't want to say he doesn't trust Matty Cash because he's played him further forward and he's the right yeah. back, isn't he? He's the only natural right back in the squad and Cash is going to play his fair share of minutes. doesn't fill me with massive confidence seeing Constant out, out on that side. As much as he's a great player, he's better in the middle and he's our, he's our best defender in terms of like the tackling side of the game. I know Pau Torres is also a very good defender, but he's better better attributes on the ball. Um, Concert is, you know, that slide tackle, just as, as one individual moment, is 
think uh, Lee Hendry called it McGraw-esque on the, the commentary, and some people heard that as Maguire-esque, which is certainly <laughs> to McGraw. Um, things it's like been, that. It's always been my dream to hear something positive described as Maguire-esque <laughs> gig, and that is my surname, but, but no. Not, of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, not much good press is there for the Maguire name on, uh, on social media in, in football terms, um, apart from your podcast, of course. Yeah, yeah. It just, yeah. It just, just doesn't quite, I don't like it like you. There's times where there's a there's a need for it, hmm. and I think if, if we could click our fingers and Emery could find his equivalent of Alex Moreno on the right-hand side, I think we probably would do that. Um, so maybe something we'll see in January, if not, I think in the, in the summer is the time maybe to do that. But I don't want to spend the first three or four minutes of this podcast talking about replacing Matty Cash because that's not really the point. The point is, the point that we got in the end, I was fully expecting to come on here and talk about another defeat against yeah. Bournemouth at their place, a ground that we just, I just don't like. No one likes it. Um, that goal from Molly Watkins is is the moment. Just talk me through that. That is a, an elite level header, I think. What an absolutely unbelievable header. And I'm only just getting my voice back from screaming when it hit the back <laughs> of the net. It just... You know, there's been questions about Watkins in the past. You know, is he a natural finisher? Is he good enough to play for England? And you score goals like that, you're good enough to play for anybody. It feels like you know that. Yeah. Just and you know, again, it was a game where he wasn't necessarily um, massively involved. Although he, I think he made a lot of runs that weren't picked up on. Um, there were one or two occasions where he did some nice touches on. You know, like when Duran hit the post, that was from Watkins putting it around the corner to him. Good link up play between the strikers, but. Just from from the start with that goal, you know, uh, Paul Torres, I mean, Torres hit a few great passes today, to be honest. Again, I think it was him who hit it out to uh, Musa Diaby. Um, could be wrong, could be in Douglas Ruiz, but I think it was Torres out to Diaby. And Diaby, you know, we haven't seen him play out on the right yet for Villa. Um, today was the first time I think we've seen it. Uh, he's generally always been the second striker. And obviously, mm-hmm. reason he was a right winger. Um, cutting back side, fantastic cross from Diaby. And, yeah, but, really good. But for... for uh, Watkins to sort of step back, hit it off the sort of the back of his head right into the back corner, the bottom corner of the net. I mean, it's just, it's an absolutely fantastic goal. It really is from a from a player who right now is you know behind Harry Kane as England's main striker, really. And um, yeah. you know, every every week you see him, his confidence just grows, and you just you just always you know when he was when it turned out he was fit today, you, just a collective sigh of relief from Aston. But I could hear it. Or I'm down in London, I could hear it all the way from Birmingham. You know the the. That, <laughs> Knowing that he's playing because what he offers all round game and finishing like that, it it was got us out of a hole. It really did because we had to absolutely not lose today, given the games we have coming up in this week. Yeah, there's a comment earlier on saying that you know uh, you can't be dropping points to teams like this if we want to finish in the top four, top five. And I I agree to an extent in that game in isolation. But if you flip the results of Spurs and Bournemouth, and we'd have drawn last week against Spurs and won today, we'd have been going. Oh, I want to roll here. Like, that, that's decent. A point at Spurs and a win at Bournemouth. Happy days. Mm. It's still four points, isn't it? Newcastle oh. lost to Bournemouth at Bournemouth a couple of weeks ago, and that's not going to derail their season. I mean, they're three points behind us now, Newcastle. Um, mm. So, yeah, obviously it's disappointing not to win, but that game can go two two ways very differently that, that Martinez keeps us in it a couple of times with, with two really, really good saves uh, at, at close range, world-class saves. I know that you kind of got the argument that went straight at him, but you still got to save it. Some keepers don't save those ones. Mm. Flip side of that, though, Alfie says, we had the goal ruled offside um, yeah. for Diego Carlos. Uh, they should have had a second yellow, second yellow and a sending off. Uh, yeah. And Duran hit the post. Now, if those things go the other way, Villa do win the game. So it's just a really chaotic game full of different little moments that could have gone either way. And fortunately, 
we feel on the more positive side of it by getting a point out, out, out of it at the end. And it kind of feels like a win, doesn't it? Whereas Bournemouth will be really disappointed with that. Yeah, um, definitely an absolutely chaotic game. I think in full credit to Bournemouth, you know, they started the season uh, slowly, but in fairness, they have a new mm. manager come in, new technique, new style. Um, and they also had a really tough opening to the season. In the last month, they've got their act together. They pressed yeah. really, really well. And that's that's a classic Iriola team. You know, it's what he did uh, over in Spain. And he's, he's sort of getting, the, getting it together here. Um, I think the Newcastle game a couple of weeks ago when they won 2-0, I watched that. And Newcastle couldn't deal with them at all. Nick Pope had to make countless big saves in that game, just as Emmy Martinez did today. Um, and uh, so I think Bournemouth, you know, as they're getting their act together now, um, they really didn't let us settle. They put us, you know, constantly under the under uh, a high press. Um, I, I think in the in the end, you know, given the results they might be about to get because they look like they're coming into form, that might actually look turn around and look like a really good result away there. Even though yeah. I do think we we struggled to control the game. It, it, at times, it was a little bit. There were moments where it reminded me of the Forest game. Moments where it reminded me of the Liverpool game. You know, struggling to play out, and then sometimes when they sat deeper, we just couldn't find any way through in that final third. But um, yeah, I think if if we are pushing for if you know if we're dreaming of top four or even top five this season, if that's how it ends up with Champions League, um, the lack of control away from home at times and the midfield getting a little bit. Yeah. overwhelmed at times I think that's a slight problem and, and that might stop you getting into that Champions League place if, if that's what we're, we're dreaming of you know um, but you know like I say absolutely wild game um, and second one you know not for the first time this season away from home it's just it's difficult to get control in, in, in against these away sides and um, one that I'm sure Emery's absolutely thinking about like how do we get this control yeah, and that's something that we we need to fix pretty sharpish. You know, yeah. you, you don't the, the Premier League doesn't let up, does it? I know we've got two home games now in the next week, but they're going to be really difficult when you're back on the road again and you're into the second half of the season. And the games start to pile up with Europe and whatnot. You can't be going away from home and conceding goals in the first ten minutes or so every week. It just everything you prepared for is instantly out the window. Um, yeah, you're right in a sense. That I think that will look like a good result. Not that Bournemouth are going to fly up into the top half and be European contenders or anything, but I don't think well they shouldn't really be in relegation trouble. I actually think there's some decent players that, that yeah. Bournemouth have and they've certainly improved. Um, when we did our pre-season preview, we had Bournemouth in the bottom three, me, John and James, I think. And I think most people had Bournemouth to go down and yeah. I don't think that will happen. I, th- I think they're, they're, they're good enough to stay up. So I think that will look like a, a pretty decent result given, obviously, of course, the context of what Villa do in the next few weeks. Yeah. If we've got a bit of a losing streak, then obviously it's not a great result. But uh, in, in hindsight, I think it might turn out to be that. Let's just talk about the VAR one because, as much mm-hmm. as it's you know you lose that control and you concede early on, or yeah, I suppose ten minutes is early, isn't it? Yeah, uh, in Villa's terms, we've conceded earlier. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, we come back into it pretty quickly with uh, with Bailey's goal, which again was a was a brilliant goal, a great finish, a real kind of yeah. confident player, someone that we've spoken about recently on the podcast quite a bit. Uh, Leon Bailey's having a pretty pretty good season now. Is, yeah. Um, Great finish. I'll let you talk about that in a second. Then we we go and and take the lead with through Diego Carlos you know, two minutes afterwards or, or whatever, and it's ruled out th- through VAR. Uh, I think Luca Dean was the player that they judged to be offside in the build up. I'm of the the mindset. I've said this before, and I, I will feel the same way. If Villa benefit from this, I'm sure because these things happen in football that you you benefit from some and you lose out on others. If it's taken that long to work it out, and they look level, it's onside. Just stick with the yeah. on field decision. 
Yeah, it, it's just screaming out for semi-automated offsides, isn't it, basically? Yeah. It's just because it, it, it's taking so long. You know, it's the same with the Tottenham game last week as well with Ollie Watkins. Yeah, to be honest, yeah, yeah. the Watkins one, there was one angle where you'd think, well, oh, maybe there's a toenail. Then there was another angle where it was like, I think he's onside. I, I just, yeah, we thought I, that, like flipping the other side of the ground. Yeah. Like from one angle to the other. So it actually looks onside from that side. Yeah, we said <laughs> exactly the same last week. And then the same again today. It was um, that angle. It, it just, it, did, it, it didn't look like... Um, to me, it didn't look like a very obvious offside, and I think it, because it took so long and it wasn't clear and obvious, uh, I, I, I think it probably should have been given as a goal. Even though you know, at times we're going to benefit from similar decisions, but um, yeah, I think it, I, I do think it should have been a goal. Um, and just before that, you know, that came from Semenyo's foul, the pullback, and that should have been a second yellow, really, as well. Yeah. So that's yeah. Two decisions in a minute that kind of went against us. And then that long VAR break. I think Villa had actually controlled the game quite well up to that exact point. And then we seemed to just not quite react well to it. And I think Bournemouth came really into it after that. Yeah, another manager spoke about this last week. Um, but possibly about injuries. I think like players getting cold, basically. I've started standing around for three or four minutes for a VAR, VAR break and coming, at, coming back after that and being a little bit rusty almost. Mm. I almost feel the same from an injury perspective but like concentration that you're just kind of standing around for, for three or four minutes waiting have we scored have we not have we conceded have we not and you've got to kind of like you know if you if the decision is reversed and it goes back to the goalkeeper and they kick off again it's like okay Christ where are we like and I feel like you you lose a bit of that concentration that's difficult for players to deal with so hmm. whatever iteration of VAR they, they stick with or, or wipe it out or whatever they do I think they are going to stick with it they've got to change it in some respects that yeah, but waiting for two, three, four minutes on things that look really tight. You've either got to, like you say, bring in some kind of automation to it, or let the referee on the pitch referee the game. What they're there mm-hmm. to do, like this kind of like bottling, putting your flag up because our VAR will deal with it and they'll check it. Like, no, make a decision and whatever it is, we'll stick with that. If it's too tight to call or the angle doesn't look quite right or we can't draw the lines on and all these different things, yeah, um, yeah, frustrating in the end. Things like that. Also, yeah, as you said, Semenyo getting the should have had the second yellow. I think I called him Semedo earlier on, thinking of the um, the Wolves defender. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, just a bit of consistency, please, from referees. Yeah. Like if that if that if that um, shirt pull happens before he's even booked, it's a hundred percent a yellow card every yeah. single time. You do that hundred times, you get booked every single time. Mm. This kind of mindset of like, oh, he's already been booked. It's only 20 minutes in. I can't give him another second yellow and send him off. Why can't you? Yeah. Let's talk about like, oh, referees ruin the game by sending people off. They're ruining the game anyway. Like if someone commits two fouls that are worthy of a yellow card each, you should be sent off. And again, this will benefit Villa in some instances where we'll get lucky and someone will stay on the pitch when they probably should have gone. Yeah. But in this instance, it's gone against us. And that again, those little things change the game. If they're down to 10 after 20 minutes, I think Villa go on and win the game. Yeah, I think so as well. And it would have been, it was an incredibly stupid thing for Semenya to do, you know, pulling him back. And it just, it just was a yellow card offence. Um, and that should have been the second book and he should have been off. And uh, yeah, it sort of reminds me of uh, the League Cup final 2010, I think, was it? Uh, when uh, Agbola yeah, was through, taken down, he didn't send him off, Vidic. So yeah, it was, um, yeah, it definitely, definitely a second yellow. Mm. The comment here from Matt who says, uh, I know it annoys people to use the word unsustainable, but it is unsustainable to keep playing like this away from home. We yeah. concede so many chances and so many bad goals. Yeah, we talked about the goal conceding early, but the manner of the goal, Diego Carlos was so sloppy with the pass, trying yeah, to play yeah. out to McGinn, who's not not the, the on-ball anyway. Mm. Um, just, yeah, 
really frustrating. Do you think, do you agree with that for Matt, that it's unsustainable? Is, have things got to change? I think it is or, unsustainable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is unsustainable because if you have such a lack of control away from home all the time and it's so wild, it's just, you, you're constantly going into games not sure what's going to happen and, um, you know, you're, you're just, you just are going to keep conceding. It's a consistent theme with Villa away from home at the moment, you know, all the way back to Newcastle, Liverpool, Forest. Uh, we, we keep conceding early. Um, you know, within 10 minutes again today. And the more frustrating aspect of that was that um, I think Villa actually started quite well. I thought we were mm. quite composed, quite in control. First minute or two, Bournemouth, you know, rattled us a bit, but we'd settled into the game pretty well, I thought, and looked like, hmm, okay, we might, this is, this is on today. And then to just give them a goal as simple as that, I mean, again, it's like away from home, once again, having to come back and climb, you know, climb the mountain to fight back, fight our way into it. And, um, you know, it, it's just, it, it, it is going to cost you, you know, in, in time because if you keep conceding early, if you can't settle because you're away, you know, the, the press is so high uh, mm. against these opposition teams in the first 20 minutes. If the, fan, the opposition fan base is louder, um, you just you are just going to keep conceding. And eventually there's going to be enough games where we can't find our way back into it, like what happened at Forest, for instance. Um, and just and today just did it by the skin of our teeth. So, yeah, yeah it's, it, it, I think if you want to be a top four team, you, you have to you have to be more controlled away from home. Mm, two quick comments on this. DJ says the possession-based game does not work away from home. Once the ball's turned over, we're in trouble. We need to be more direct and peg them back. We're always looking for the perfect opportunity, which is something I agree with, actually. There's times where I think we're playing one too many pass here or we're trying to score the perfect goal where something different needs to be done sometimes. You need to change up what you're doing so you're not so predictable. Yeah. Uh, and Dream Villain says, we can't rely on our home form to keep us in contention for top four. Something has to change away from home. This is something John spoke about in a couple of uh, episode a couple of weeks ago that you know everyone who gets up into the top four their home form is very good because you've got to have that base yourself. You know Liverpool have won ninety games out of a hundred at Anfield or whatever the stupid stats are. Where you just think cross that just seems mental. But then Villa do start to do something similar, winning thirteen, twelve in a row, and uh, mm. look very good at home. And that is the basis that you need. But those teams then don't get battered at Newcastle, battered at Anfield. Um, lose to Forest, draw at Bournemouth. Like you have got to have moments where you just grind something out out of nowhere. Yeah, clean sheet maybe once in a while might help. Even just getting yeah, a nil nil or a nil one um, to always be conceding and do that. Especially as we said so early on, everything you've prepared in the week is out the window. They're yeah. onto you. The, the crowd gets up for it. Just the whole the whole state of the game changes with an early goal, and it's starting to become that it's not in Villa's favour, which is something we were good at last year. We did get the early goal in games and, and set yeah. up to go on to win pretty much every time we scored early. Yeah. Now we're conceding early, and yeah, like you said, climbing the mountain and making it difficult for us. But yeah. as Alfie says, eight games in December, rotation is inevitable. And I think that's the same for everybody. You'll see some weird results over the next month or so where teams you expect to win don't. It's not the case, but Liverpool beat Fulham 4-3 this afternoon thanks to two late goals. Yeah. I know they've won, that's obviously great because it's points for them. But I think you're going to see these results crop up over the winter period where you think, oh, surprised they've dropped points there. Yeah. Villa will be one of those teams occasionally as well. And that's probably... You know, if, if you don't look at the the way the goals went today, people will look at Villa dropping points to Bournemouth and say, 
that's a bad result for them. But the mm. context is it's actually a good result because we've come from behind twice uh, yeah. and scored in the, in, the, in the 90th minute. So some kind of character showing there, some kind of resilience. And as I said, four points out of Spurs and Bournemouth, if the results were flipped, I think we'd all go, yeah, pretty good on to Man City. Absolutely agree with that. And yeah, and um, particularly with the with uh, City and Arsenal coming up this week, you know, it was just crucial we didn't lose, I think, um, because, you know, if it ends up, you know, who, who knows what happens this week. But uh, if the results don't go in our favour and, you know, if we'd lost today at Bournemouth, you, it just, yeah, it, it's a mental block to get around that, isn't it? And um, yeah. so, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think away from home, just a few, just those early goals, we've got to stop conceding them. Mm, Spurs winning against Man City already, by the way, as we're recording this. Oh, so, right, okay. <laughs> not, not ideal. Although yeah. it's ideal in some senses if Man, oh, Man City come into Villa Park on the back of a loss. Isn't that ideal? The concept of Man City coming to Villa Park is never ideal, just knowing our uh, history against them. But, yeah. uh, I mentioned Bailey earlier in his goal and I said, oh, I'll let yeah. you talk through it. And I didn't because I glossed over it. Talk to me about that. He's, uh, he's in fine form so far, isn't he? He, he was it was a brilliant goal and I thought he, I thought he was excellent today I thought he was probably our best player if I'm honest yeah. Um, yeah. in the yeah. first first half I think I feel I feel for Zaniolo confidence is in there um, yeah got a yellow card had to come off at half time it just wasn't working for him at all and I think a lot was breaking down with him in that final third unfortunately mm. for him um, but with Bailey it felt like every time the ball came to him as an outlet he would he'd find a way of getting away from his man. He'd find a way of beating his man. He'd find a pass. And that's, you know, with Leon Bailey, I think the question always was, can he find consistency? Because he'll have a fantastic 10 out of 10 game, like he did say when we beat Man United 3-1 last season. He was unplayable. But then he followed that up with a series of games where he wasn't great. He wasn't at it. Mm. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, so this season, though, he's found that consistency. And he's not just found it at home. He's also found it away. And uh, today, you know, he fully deserved his goal. And by the way, that came from Ollie Watkins coming deep, taking the ball, looking out, passing it out to him. So it's a Watkins assist as well. So, um, you know, Watkins, who goal and assist shows the importance of him, doesn't it? Why are we all were so glad to see him picked? Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, with Bailey, it just felt, um, I don't think Bournemouth were able to deal with him really today. Um, and uh, for all the... The wildness of the game, I think he was like Villa's most consistent kind of like every time he got it, you thought, I think he's, he's going to do something. And more often than not, he actually did. Um, so, yeah, fully deserved that goal. And it was a really, really good take, cutting in on his left. Bournemouth shouldn't have let him do it, but he did it, took the opportunity. Great goal. Mm-hmm. There's um, apparently Spurs have won all now. So, an ever-changing scenario as well as alive. Uh, the comment here from John, we'll end on this. It's flipping it, lads. Cheer up. We're doing tremendous. Any game in the Premier League is tough. A good point today in the circumstances in Uno we trust. Oh, yeah. I feel like that's what we've been talking about for the last 20 minutes, to be honest. I think that is a good point. I think we've played pretty yeah. well there. Uh, on another day, we win that game and we're talking about six points out of six. It's just one yeah. of those ones that it's not worked out like that. I look at these games now against Man City and Arsenal, as much as we joke about like, oh, it's never great with Man City turning up because they're the best team in the league and the best team in the world at the moment or in Europe um, with what they did last year. I'm not saying we're going to beat Man City, but I think out of Man City and Arsenal, by this time next week, I think we'll have picked up points or yeah. points from, from one of those two games um, because we're so good at home. So this little period we're in at the moment, yeah, it's it's obviously not great to go to Bournemouth and not win because you think we're better than Bournemouth, but football doesn't work like that. I think it, over the next week or so, or the next couple of weeks, Villa will still be up and around the conversation of top four, top five. So mm. if we are, we'll have picked up a couple of decent results against these top sides around us. And I, I genuinely think we're capable of that. 
Yeah, and like I say, I think Bournemouth away is going to turn into a bit of an acid test for a few teams. They're, they're very well coached by Iriola, who I think might, you know, he's a young Basque country, you know, young manager coming from La Liga, you know, look at Unai Emery as somebody he might try and emulate in time. But uh, so, yeah, don't underestimate, you know, what a good result that, none, I don't think either of us underestimate what a result that was today. But um, with City and Arsenal coming up, um, yeah, I, I agree. I think we'll, I think we still will be in contention with top five in the next, you know, by the end of December. And I think that City and Arsenal as well. Um, I've seen with Arsenal some vulnerabilities. I think they start mm. extremely well, but they tend to not be able to put games away too well. And I, I yeah, definitely yeah. think we can cause City and Arsenal problems. The way we play at home, um, you know, the, our, our run of form, the way we've been we've been going. I don't yet think Arsenal and City have hit full pelt. You're, you're, you're sort of expecting City particularly to just get to that point where they'll get a 3-0 win and suddenly 16 games later, you're like, how have they just won 16 games in a row? What 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 planet are these guys on? And um, and so, yeah, they haven't, uh, you know, haven't yet hit that stride just yet. Who knows how they'll mm. do against Tottenham today. But, uh, but, yeah, definitely. I think Wednesday night, you know, packed out Villa Park. Make it loud, make it difficult for them, and yeah, of course, City are going to cause us problems because they're an absolutely fantastic football team. But there's there's no reason to think Villa can't cause them problems as well, and there's no reason at all to think we can't come out of City and Arsenal believing that we can get some uh, some some points out of those two games, as tough as they will be. Yeah, and even if you don't, there's still half a season left to to exactly. go and do what we want to do and, and finish up in the top four. Yeah. You're about to push you for a points total from those two games and put you on the spot. <laughs> What would you go for? We'll talk about uh, this in our Monday show tomorrow, no doubt, but you won't be on that. So Man City and Arsenal yeah. this next week. This time next week, next Sunday, we'll apply both. How many yeah. points will we have from them? Uh, I'm going to say... say no, I'm going to say one. I'm going to say a draw. I think we might lose one yeah. of them. I think Arsenal three days after City is... It's a big ask, that, isn't it? But I, 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 th- I think we might just lose one of them. Probably City. But I think Arsenal then, I think we'll bounce back and mm. uh, get a result of some kind. But uh, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if we come away with three or four as well. Like, that's that's the sort of level of confidence I have in uh, Unai Emery in this team at the moment. Um, I do I do think City, you know, Emery's track record against Guardiola is not great. Uh, that's that seems mm. to be the one who do he personally has. If you look at their heads to head, it's not it's not good. But uh, that has to end at some time, and mm-hmm. uh, maybe it could end this Wednesday. Um, the way we're playing, the confidence we've got. Um, like I say, there's no reason we can't do something. But I think if I was to do my, in my head, my cynical head, and my, I think a draw and a loss probably. But uh, would be surprised if we get a win as well. Is six points impossible? Um, <laughs> it's not. Uh, but I tell you what, everybody would sit up and take it. You know, take notice then, wouldn't they? Um, oh yeah, we'd be top. I think. If, <laughs> it'd be absolutely unbelievable if we did it. And uh, my God, what a statement it would be. Um, I, I just think I just think I think there's City, Arsenal, and Liverpool this season, and then I think there's teams just behind that. Mm. Um, I, I think they are the three far and away at the top. But I think if anybody gets six points of City and Arsenal within three days of each other, it <laughs> wow. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll dare to dream. I'll dare to believe. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it's going to be tough if we do it. But um, if we do, I, I don't know. I'll, uh, uh, I'll I'll have to think of some forfeit to celebrate in in a good way. So, so yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, quite a day there, Frankie. Thank you so much for joining me this Sunday evening to chat through Bournemouth two, Villa two. Uh, we'll be back with the Monday show 
tomorrow, of course, is Monday. I don't know who's going to be on that with me yet, but we're going to do it as a QA. Uh, we'll obviously talk a little bit about Bournemouth as well in more detail. But if you've got a general question about Villa and the wider picture ahead, uh, about Man City, about Arsenal upcoming, about the Europa Conference League, about transfers, whatever it is, if you want to ask us a silly question about what vegetables we have on our Christmas dinner or whatever nonsense, I'll challenge somebody to come up with a nonsense question. Uh, get involved in the YouTube comments and we'll use some of those in tomorrow's recording on Monday. Uh, thank you very much for watching this one. Thank you, Frankie, for joining me. And we'll see you all again tomorrow. Cheers, everyone.